0: Welcome to Heart Show. It's like an art show, but with words and from the heart. I'm your host, Megan Headley, a multi-passionate artpreneur and wellpreneur, a healing artist in the healing arts, a wannabe stand-up comedian, a Chinese medicine-informed face reader and life coach, a craniosacral therapist, a network marketer, an art teacher, and a lover of the natural world. If you too don't quite fit into a box or have your feet in more than one world, if you love creativity, holistic wellness, business, relationships, nature, and well, everything in between, then this podcast is for you. It is my passion to inspire others to embrace who they truly are, to turn their dream life into a reality, and to live straight from the heart. Let's begin. Episode number three. Thank you for being here, my wonderful listeners. I want to begin by saying that if there's something out there that you're wanting to begin, but you're hesitant or afraid or feeling afraid of it not being perfect or this, that, or the other thing, from my experience, I am still at the very beginning of putting this podcast out into the world. But when you jump in imperfectly and you just go for it, good things happen. There's going to be times when things aren't aligned and it's not the right time to begin something based on, you know, you tuning in in that way. And maybe it's just not the right time. But if it's fear of failure or fear of perfection or fear of perfectionism, perfectionism, sorry. Speaking of not being perfect, what I meant to say was fear of your new project or new idea not being perfect. If that's what's holding you back, I want to just encourage you to give it a try I've had wonderful listeners already share with me some of their thoughts, and I'm so thankful for all of you who are tuning in to these early episodes. They are meandering thoughts of mine at this point. with a little bit of structure, but more fluidity. And I'm just kind of working on sharing my thoughts versus being overly planned with my episodes, because that's just the way that I tend to live my life. And so why not match it more to who I am? And that's going to come from more of an authentic place. So with this episode, I have a few things I really want to talk about and we'll see what comes out, and then we'll see what we leave for the next one. And I do have definite plans of people joining for interviews. If you listen to my mini episode with Meg, Morning with Meg mini episode, you did hear one of my very first interviewees, Reese, my niece, and she has an adorable voice. Uh, but we're going to have some more serious, longer interviews coming up definitely with my partner, Christopher, Dr. Wyrick. He is going to be sharing some of his thoughts on the world in some regular return episodes. I know he's going to be here with me a few times. And then I have just so many people on the queue that are in the field of entrepreneurship, in the field of wellness, in the field of art. And the vision here is to keep this podcast flowing with all of these multi-passionate passions of mine and I know that uh, the right people will tune in, the the right people will gravitate toward it. And that's another little thing I've learned for any of you thinking of beginning something. Again, it can be a business, it can be taking a trip, it can be putting something out there that you're creating. Even if not a lot of people see it, or you don't know that a lot of people see it, and this will sometimes happen with like a social media post, maybe I'll put something out that I don't think many people see, or it seems like, you know, based on the algorithm or whatever, it just, there aren't that many likes. But oftentimes, it's the posts or the things that I put out there with the least views that I know of, where the right client or the right art patron or the right connection will come through. And so again, it's not so much about this numbers game, it's not so much about, I mean, okay, I'm going to contradict myself. Sure, I do think business can be a numbers game as far as like sales go. Oftentimes, it's a matter of just staying committed. But here I'm talking more about putting a creative project out. It's not so much about the amount of listeners, the amount of views, or this, that, or the other thing. What it's more about is you putting that trust in yourself and to believe in your creative project. And by believing in your creative project or your creation that you're putting out into the world trusting that because you have that message to put out into the world, there is someone out there that is born to receive it. Someone out there that is made to receive what you're putting out there. Someone who is craving what you are going to offer. So don't hold back, you know, just do it, just jump in. And I say this from experience, having held back on different things in my life, sometimes it might just be an avoidance strategy, sometimes it's a procrastination, Strategy, if you can call procrastination a strategy. <laughs> um, and usually below the avoidance or the procrastination is fear, is limiting self-beliefs. And when we can start to lift those layers, and one aspect of lifting those layers is by imperfectly jumping into whatever it is that you are wanting to put out into the world. So that's the first thought I have today, and I just want to thank you for the listeners that have been here so far, the ones that are tuning into this into the future. It's been so much fun to have a place to finally express um, in this way because I do a lot of social media posts and a lot of writing, but turns out I really like to talk. And you want to know how I really how I jumped into the true podcast idea was. A couple years ago, when I discovered voice noting with some of my best friends, we would send voice notes back and forth, and we still do. And you know who you are. Um, We realized that sending voice notes back and forth was quite fun, and it often felt like a podcast. And so that was where the first real, probably trickle of an idea came in for me as far as putting my thoughts out there. And when I work with clients um, through my coaching, through both my um, business, online business coaching, and my Life and face reading type work. When people do a package, what I end up doing, and this is modeled after my coaches that I've worked with because it's been so effective for me, is we end up doing uh, voice notes. So, you know, we'll have one-on-one sessions, but we also have this space where we're allowed, where we we are allowed, (laughs) where we what I meant to say was where we um, hold space to send voice notes back and forth to each other. And what I find is when people are verbally talking through, through a voice note, they are reaching clarities, they're reaching moments of revelation completely on their own. And that's the beautiful thing about just holding that space for clients and being there with them definitely becomes a bit co-creative. And so again, I'm just a, a true verbal processor and uh being here talking through things is both for me and for you, and uh, I just hope you enjoy it so let's jump into to today's topic. The first thing I want to chat about is when things don't go, how you want them to go this is tough you know this is life and I'm going to talk about what this has looked like in my own life in this last year and this is coming from a person who strongly believes in visioning and the power of manifesting and the power of you know tuning into your purpose and then having it unfold and oftentimes when you tune into your purpose things can unfold rather quickly But what about those times when things take longer? What about the times when it feels like you're running into one wall after another? And I wanted to talk about this because this is and has a little bit been the name of the game for me in this last year after a lot of success and a lot of synchronicity. And I'm going to just break down for you what that's looked like for me and what I've learned through all of that. Okay, so I talked about aspects of the story in the first episode, but I'm going to dig a little deeper into these aspects. I'm going back to a story that actually happened in 2019. When I was studying Chinese medicine the first go around, I studied for four and a half years. The program was something that you could do in three to five years. Most people were averaging around four years, just depending on how you broke down the program. And then there is an opportunity for Chinese medicine to go on and do a doctorate program as well. Uh, side note, Chinese medicine in general is basically the equivalent of a doctoral program. It's just kind of a titling thing. And um, yeah, that's kind of irrelevant. But just to explain to you that the schooling can go on for a long time, depending on where you go and where you set it up and all of this. So I was doing my program in Portland, Oregon, a kind of a home away from home for me. and. I was set up to do the four-year program. As you know, I'm also an artist. And before I had jumped into the Chinese medicine program, I was studying art. I mean, I had finished my master's in fine arts, what I meant to say. And I had about, let's see, a two-year hiatus between finishing my master's in fine arts and jumping into my Chinese medicine program. And in that two-year hiatus, I did have some cool experiences with art where I had been able to live in Ireland for a summer, um, doing an artist residency, go to England, doing like an art philosophy thing, and I absolutely loved those experiences. Those were right after finishing my graduate work in art. But then I had a weird season back in, this is all the way back in 2013, and I remember feeling... Very aimless, very confused as to what to do. I knew I wasn't ready to jump into like full-time professorship. I knew I wanted to work with healing in some way, and I really couldn't figure it out. So I went and did this artist residency, which just which was incredible. We are really going a whole different way than I thought we'd go with this story, but let's just trust it. (laughs) So I went to do this artist residency back in 2013. And all I wanted at the time was to figure out a way to live in England and Ireland. It was such a big goal of mine. Honestly, it still is a big goal of mine. And at the time, I didn't know much about entrepreneurship, to be honest. I didn't even know that I resonated with the word entrepreneur. But I couldn't totally find my way. And this is something that is a big reason why I started the podcast, you know, is for people that have their feet in more than one world and can't totally find their way. So I was very confused. I was trying to figure out how to maybe do a PhD in England or Ireland because that's an easy way to move to another country, uh, just as far as visa goes and all that. But I still couldn't quite figure it out. The other interesting thing was I had my dog. And when I got my dog, it was in 2011, Bet the beagle, I kind of got her because I wanted to ground myself. I mean, I also just truly wanted uh, a companion animal and everything aligned and she showed up in my life but a big reason why I wanted a dog was to stay grounded because I do have this nomadic kind of jumpy personality I'm a very interesting mix of wanting to nest and I love building a home and I I, every time I arrive anywhere when I travel I basically nest and turn it into my home even if it's just for a night but I'm also quite nomadic and I need a lot of um, travel a lot of spice to my life a lot of road trips or flights or whatever I can do at the time. And I kind of got bet so that I wouldn't feel this perpetual need to go to other countries and things, which I know that sounds kind of interesting, but I just I needed something to ground me. So when I did finish my master's, I had my dog. I wasn't sure how I'd move her to England. I didn't know how I moved to England, and it ended up that it wasn't the right situation. So I moved back to Idaho where I was living, um, where I did my master's, like I've mentioned before, is on the border of Washington and Idaho. And it's just a beautiful area up there. It's called the Palouse, one of the beautiful, one of the beautiful and kind of understated places in America, in my opinion. But I wanted, I I ended up moving back there. There was enough of a ground, enough of a stability. And of course I needed to be with my dog. So I applied for a job at my favorite food co-op and I actually just loved it. It was just what I needed. But there was an interesting thing. I had been for two years now focusing on my art career. I had been teaching as a professor or I guess technically an instructor during grad school. I was teaching college art classes. I was working on these big art shows. I had felt very purposeful in my path as an artist. And when that grad program ended, unless I had become an art professor, I didn't Totally know how to continue as an artist. Obviously, I would keep painting and showing work and all of this, but I ended up, you know, feeling a little bit aimless, as we often do when we finish programs, because then it's time to really live into it, right? And of course, I was living into it as a grad student. In fact, it's one of the best ways I think for artists to have a chance to pursue their work. And I was able to get a stipend and teach. And so I really felt like I was living the life when I was doing my art graduate program because basically I got to paint, teach, and discover the meaning of life (laughs) all at once. When that ended though I needed to figure out a way to make money so like I said I did this artist residency which was not a money making thing but it was a career thing but then I came back and here I was working at a small town food co-op It was an emotional an emotionally strange thing because I had gone from feeling really important in my career to suddenly being a deli service girl basically and while I loved the atmosphere and I anyone that lives in Moscow Idaho knows how amazing the food co-op is it was very interesting to kind of switch roles I had to get into like this kind of humble place where I wasn't making that much money truthfully I was working pretty hard and people were kind of mean anyone that's worked food service now this wasn't the same as a restaurant which I have done many restaurant jobs in my life but I kind of have vowed to never do restaurant jobs again for a myriad of reasons though restaurant work is really helpful when you need to make a fair amount of money in a quick time and it's a great thing for people to do to just understand life I think food service is something that we should all do at one point but here I was working as a deli girl, and people were kind of harsh, like they kind of come up with their their needs, they're a little cold with you, and this probably was a little bit of my own projection, but it did feel like they kind of looked down on you and I was in a very academic town, and I had been one of those academics about two months prior, and i and there just felt to be this like class separation thing going on and That, you know, that's interesting. So put me through a very humbling process. Why I think it was good for me was that humility is always good and jobs like that are nothing to look down upon and many people make their whole life out of them. And, you know, I had I I actually would have been very happy working at the food co-op for longer than I had, just because it was such a great place and I think it did provide a good quality of life to have that job as far as just the energy goes. Um, of the people in the town and I think part of this going back to when things don't go as planned is staying open and having a vision and I did have this very clear vision that I wanted to work with art and healing but at the time I couldn't figure out how to monetize it and I there I was making some money as a basically deli girl experiencing probably a bit of existential crisis just trying to figure out like I know this isn't my purpose <laughs> but I did meet some amazing coworkers, wonderful people that were working there it was a very highly educated town so I had a lot of other kind of academics also working with me in the deli I worked there for a year as a deli girl and then I ended up switching over to being a cashier and I actually liked the cashier position a lot it was so much fun if you've ever been to a Trader Joe's, you know how happy those cashiers are. It's really like that, that these people are, at, being a cashier at the co-op was probably my most fun job I ever had. Let's see what the point of the story is. It's coming out, I promise. <laughs> but there I was, and I finally did find my purpose. Okay, we finally brought it back. I remember now. I worked at the co-op for two years, and in those two years, I was also applying to Chinese medicine graduate schools. So I got into this Chinese medicine program, and I moved out of Idaho and moved to Portland. There is a bit of a story in there that I'm going to save for a later date. But I did hop, skip, and a jump to Seattle and California before I got to Portland, (laughs) And there are some stories there. Hey, you know what? I may as well just tell you it right now. Basically, I had moved to Seattle um, for, I was going to work there for the summer. And at the same time, I was going through a really big heartache. And uh, it was so painful that I just couldn't make Seattle feel happy to me. I had moved away from my partner at the time. And we had kind of mutually separated, but it was full of heartache. And I I had a really hard time in Seattle. And this is a time when things were not going as planned. I I had this plan that it would be perfect, but in fact, it was a lot of emotional pain. And I was trying to sustain these kind of odd jobs, and it just wasn't working out. So then I left Seattle after being there for a month. It was in May of uh, 2015. And I ended up finding a job at the Laguna Beach Homeless Shelter in California, and I moved back to California for the summer. And this was actually one of the best decisions I could have made. Oftentimes, moving home for me in my life had been full of emotional challenges, and so I hadn't always used that as my first option when I was in kind of these weird transitional places between different parts of my life, or maybe a school program had ended or a job had ended. But in this case, It was one of those feelings where, you know, when you're just pushing for something that's not working, pushing and pushing. And that's how I was after I moved out of Idaho into Seattle, kind of waiting for my med program to start in Portland. But I was pushing and pushing to try to make Seattle work for me. And I remember there was a moment where I just like kind of um, surrendered and I said, This isn't working. And I looked at some jobs in California where my family lives, got a job the next day, and I called my mom and said, Mom, I'm coming home for the summer. So this is a series of events that um, I think everything happens to teach us something. And all of this was important, even that month in Seattle. I love Seattle separately from that experience. And even that experience taught me a lot about just my own resilience to get through a challenging time. That was, I, I have this thing, I don't know about you all. If there's a certain month in your life that happens every year, but oftentimes the month of May includes some very big change for me. And in the past, that has been something that has maybe pushed me into some depression or some challenges that way. It's very interesting that I think my body and our bodies hold traumas. I don't think, I know. They hold traumas, they hold memory. And so oftentimes, the month of May, something turbulent will happen in my life. And this, I could probably do a whole episode just talking about every May that's ever happened in my life and what that taught me. But I'm finally getting back to where this originally started. So moved back to California, was working at a homeless shelter, which I had probably also was my second favorite job next to working as a cashier at the co-op. And it was so uh, fulfilling and I resonated with that job so much that I almost didn't go to med school because it was just, I, I felt like I finally was doing what I was meant to do in a really clear way you know, actually, I was debating going, I was debating going to med school and possibly just continuing to work at the shelter and have some time with my family for longer. But it was actually the homeless people who said to go. (laughs) I remember, I remember some of the friends there, homeless friends and co workers, but specifically the homeless friends. that I was like, y'all, I love you so much. I I really don't want to leave. I love working with you. And You know, they were there teaching me as much as I was there helping them. Just very just amazing people from all over different walks of life that had some, you know, rough bouts of life happen for them. And there they were at the shelter for all their different reasons. But they were so good to me all summer and just boosted my heart up. And it was a very mutual relationship of just giving and receiving and supporting one another in our own ways. But they were like, Megan, you got to go. You got to go study acupuncture. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. If the people I want to stay working for are telling me to go study acupuncture, I should probably listen to that voice. But there I was studying acupuncture. And now we're getting to where I originally started this story. In the study of acupuncture, I, I had just finished, like I said, these two years out of my art grad school working these kind of odd jobs. And during those odd job times, I had a very hard time creating art. It just was not flowing for me. It felt like a force. It felt like I was really forcing something to happen whenever I'd sit down to try to paint after grad school. There's a lot of reasons for that. Some of that was just finding my own voice again, because when you are in any sort of school or program or, you know, even hiring a coach, if you're in the entrepreneurial world, it's hard to just hear your own voice sometimes and it took me some time to find my own voice again as an artist because I had all of these voices of my wonderful professors in my head and I had a hard time to figure out who my voice was and what I was making. And was it because their voice was in my head or was it because I wanted to make it? So I was really not able to be that full of paintings in those two years. But when I got back to Chinese medicine school in 2015, all of a sudden, my brain was stimulated again and I was... Painting again. The first painting took me about two or three months, and that is very unusual for me because usually I can make a painting in a couple days, like a very big painting. But I was just out of the flow. But I do remember studying Chinese medicine is what helped me start painting again. And I made this painting. Actually, it's called, I, I know the name of the painting, it's called Between Equinox and Solstice. And it has been a very popular painting. I've brought it to many shows. I don't know what it was, if it was just that people... But it tends to be the favorite of all the shows. And there's been lots of interest in this painting. Lots of interest in people wanting to buy this painting. But it always falls through at the last minute. And what's interesting about that, it kind of goes back into my theme of the day, is when things don't go as you plan, like even going to an art sale, going to the topic of art sales... Things always go to the right person in the end. And so when there's a person that almost buys a piece, but they don't, even though it can be a little challenging in the instant when you're kind of hoping for some cash, (laughs) um, in the bigger picture, it is always right because then when that painting finds the right person, even if it's a couple years later or 10 years later, you go, that's exactly why that happened. That's exactly why all of these other people didn't buy it. But I made this painting, and all of a sudden, I started to feel very creative, and I had all these art opportunities start to show up for me. I had offers to teach art. I had offers to do art shows. I applied to art shows and got them, and my creativity was just bubbling up. Everything, according to art, was actually starting to go right. (laughs) But at the same time, here I was in a a graduate medical program, and that was super challenging to keep both things up. At the pace that I needed to. So over time I ended up dropping down to a five-year plan, my medical program, so that I could do so that I could keep doing both of my passions. In that time though I'm gonna say I would say I had one foot out the door with Chinese medicine. I knew I loved Chinese medicine But there was something at a deeper level that wasn't resonating, and it wasn't about the medicine, it was something else. It was very hard to pinpoint. But things were not clicking, and part of it was that I went to a very, um, there's two different, well, there's multiple schools of thought in Chinese medicine, but there's kind of two main schools of thought. One is uh, much more westernized, and one is much more classical. And again, of course, it's not going to be Western medicine, but the approach is a little bit more Westernized at the school I was at. And I just kind of started losing my passion. And I found myself wanting to read the classics and always go into the philosophical side. And there wasn't always room for that. You really had to do some just straight up memorization and this type of thing. And I just, I couldn't keep it up. Like I kept it up and I passed every class, but it was hard for me. Because something wasn't right. Something wasn't clicking. And I stayed at the school. I kept <laughs> committed to the school. Even with this knowing that something wasn't right. And I kept staying. And I remember each year I would go, should I leave? Should I find a different school? And something wasn't. It's just that feeling of something being super off, super misaligned or not not quite aligned. Well, I'm not really a quitter. Uh, for better or for worse, and I I wasn't going to quit. So I went to take this test. And again, this story, I, I share it in a lot of different ways. So for those of you that have heard this story, um, here you go again. <laughs> but I, I was trying to pass a test. It's a very hard test. I didn't pass it the first time. For me, test taking over time became a little bit more of a trauma. I was not able to pass as well as I had hoped. And, but I would pass my classes and I was good with patients, but I struggled with some of this testing aspect and probably at a deeper level, it was because I knew that it wasn't the right program for me. And another aspect was a little bit laziness, but I do believe that underneath laziness, just like procrastination is fear and some limiting beliefs. And I definitely had some limiting beliefs around being able to pass tests. So when it came... Sorry, when it came to studying for tests, those beliefs would really jump out and I would get some huge test anxiety, which would prevent me from even studying. So I did study for these tests, but there was just this block, like I felt like I had a big block. Um, I took the test three times, that's a whole story in itself, three times over four months. I finally didn't take the test, or sorry, (laughs) I took the test the third time and I passed elements of it, but not all of it. And I got an email from my school that said, you know, you're going to have to wait to take this test again for another this many months, so many months. And I, at that point, I knew that it was time to let go. So this again goes back to when things don't go as planned. Let's have a look at what it would have looked like if I did pass that test. If I did pass that test, that was in 2019, I would have jumped into clinic in January and I would have finished clinic in 2020 in the winter and I would have been a practicing acupuncturist Chinese medicine doctor by um, no later than like early mid 2021 like at the latest after I passed all my tests. And then who knows what I would have done. I know Chris, my partner, and I were already looking at moving to New Mexico. So maybe we would have ended up in New Mexico building a practice together. It would have looked different. And I would have for sure had my license, my Chinese medicine license by now. Now it is 2022. So I would have probably been a practicing paid Chinese medicine acupuncturist doctor um, for a year now. But that didn't happen. (laughs) And I quit. And I want to tell you something. After quitting, for the first 30 minutes, I had sent the school an email and said, you know, I'm going to actually walk away from the school. For the first 30 minutes, of course, I cried and was probably like feeling the grief and the emotion and all of the stuff that you feel when you're saying goodbye to something, even if, you know, your heart's not all in it. But as soon as I released that, I felt like the most liberated, free person that one can feel like I felt so free. I felt like someone I didn't even recognize, but in a really good way. I felt like I'd been carrying around a fog for the last four years, and suddenly the fog had lifted that I didn't even know was there. And this is when things started to go really right for me in life. I mentioned that part of the story in the first podcast, but now I'm going to say more about like when things go right and then wrong again. Um, So... That, like the floodgates in a good way, had opened. The gates had opened, and all of these opportunities started coming in um, art sales, commissions, art shows, joy. I was just so joyful. I was trusting in myself and my vision as an artist and an entrepreneur. I joined my, um, I became a distributor for the water company that I work with, and that was an opportunity that I had wanted for a while. I, started thinking about ways to make money online and more ways. And I just, I joined mentorships and I committed to coaching and trainings and business trainings. And I learned all of this confidence and just kind of one thing after another, um, I got art grants. And the funny thing was that this was happening when the rest of the world was closing down. Um, it happened about, you know, a couple months before the pandemic started in March of 2020. And it ended up being one of the best years of my life, and it had nothing to do with the pandemic. It had to do with um, my own journey that I had just opened up to the, the the deep pull that I had to follow my passion as an artist and to close the door on something that wasn't working, which was my Chinese medicine program. It just wasn't working for me. It was bringing up a lot of mental health challenges for me. And so when I quit that, like I was flying high. I was very strong at visioning that year. I had, and I'm going to do a whole episode on visioning ways to work with your vision in a pretty powerful way, ways that worked for me. And everything was coming true, like to a T. It was crazy. That's how we moved to New Mexico. That's how we found the horse ranch. I got into that whole story in my last episode, but everything was unfolding in flow, and then, dun dun dun, <laughs> without telling every detail of every single part of what's happened in my last two years, there came a point where that initial burst of everything happening right started to plateau a bit. And I would say it didn't happen for a little bit. It started to happen a little bit when I got to New Mexico. I had a really strong vision when I had about when I got to New Mexico, the type of work I'd be doing, and the type of money I'd be making, and through my different business ventures. And while some of that happened, a lot of it didn't happen as fast as I wanted it to. Whereas the year prior, when I stepped away from my school, when I failed the test, and when I I started to free myself into this world of artpreneurship and entrepreneurship, Everything happened at a rapid pace, like where I felt like um, this, the great spirit was saying, this is the right path for you. You're on it. You know, like, go for it. Everything is going to work out. Things started to plateau a little bit, um, a little bit, a little bit less than a year in. And I had moved out to New Mexico where I was living my dream life. I was living on a daily basis, a life I could have only dreamed of, having the horses outside, having this ability to design my own days. But the weight of entrepreneurship and the weight of figuring out how to make money had started to settle in pretty big for me. I didn't have as much faith. I started to run into a lot of challenges. And this is such an ebb and flow of being an entrepreneur. Like every time you kind of level up, you're going to have a new level. You're going to have a new place to expand into. And I think what has been happening since that initial huge burst of everything going right is that I'm kind of in this um, long expansion season where, of course, there have been wins. Of course, there of course there have been wonderful things that have happened as well. But I'm talking more right now about that feeling of like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Like, why is this not working how I thought it would? Why is this not working according to the vision that I had? And, and why did my vision come so true up to this point? And now that I'm at this point, I'm a little bit stagnant or paralyzed or plateauing. So I'm going to fast forward further because I'm going to tell you there were a lot of wins in there too and there were good things that happened, but I'm just going to get to as soon as my dog passed away in December of 2021. So I would say recapping, like my first year of entrepreneurship full-time was so empowering. My second year, which was 2020 into 20. 21 kind of like October 2020 through um, November 2021 had a lot of wins a lot of good things but I had started to fall back mentally on some mindset patterns I started to feel um, like I wasn't going to succeed I now again that was this period of expansion I, I don't regret it I think that it was a test. It was kind of a time of challenge in a good way to stay committed to my vision. And this is what often is the case, is you're going to have these seasons, whether it's like a day or a year or a month or a week, whatever it is, where you're going to feel like, wow, this really isn't totally working, uh, but am I committed to my vision? And so one of the things that I think when things don't go as planned is that it's a really great opportunity to reevaluate what You're wanting, and oftentimes you're going to realize you still do want the vision, and you just kind of shift or you pivot, which was the most popular year of 2020. (laughs) But you, or you just say, you know what, this is kind of a tough time, and I'm going to stick with it because my vision is that important. And I went through a lot of that in my second year of entrepreneurship. And then when my dog passed away, I went into a season where I really couldn't push anymore, and everything I had been building up to that point, I had wanted to build it so that things wouldn't be about pushing, things wouldn't be about constant movement or constant doing, doing, doing in my businesses. I wanted it to be more in flow, but I couldn't quite find the aligned place for that. And then when my dog passed away, it just really made it challenging to get into that flow. And I tried so hard to just not work, but I didn't know how to not work. And also I couldn't work, but I needed to make money. It was just a whole situation of like, oh, I want to make some sales and, you know, I want to keep doing with my coaching and with my face readings and all of this. But then deep down there was this like, you got to stop, you got to breathe, you got to take a break. But as you find as an entrepreneur, it can be challenging to take a break and to trust that break unless you have some stable income flowing in. And everything I'm building, continue, and I will say this still, everything I'm building is building. You know, there's a beautiful aspect of these building phases where I know that the projects I'm working on are going to be abundant. But things take time sometimes, and they, and there's a reason for this. There's lessons to be learned. But another thing that didn't go right was that now let me let me back up a little bit and say that my dog passing away was not what I would categorize as something not going right. um That's not totally a part of this story. It's just a piece of my life that happened that really has transformed me and helped me learn about my own grieving process, learn about how to cherish life. but it wasn't something that didn't go right. In fact, I think my dog passing away did go exactly right. Um, she passed in a way that felt beautiful and it felt like the timing was exactly as it should be. But then there was these business, I would say it was more like the business pieces that felt like they were kind of running into walls. At the same time, we opened our wellness clinic and that was going right. So again, it's like it's never just one thing, but it just felt like my energy wasn't there to get all of this in flow. That's probably a better way to say it. I had also been waiting on a very big art sale when I say big, you know, a pretty big chunk of money that would have been pretty life-changing for a while. And it would have given me that time to rest, to stop working, and to allow some money to be there while I healed. And oftentimes I find that when you do have that time to truly rest and let go of the push and the hustle, more flows into you. And I was just craving this time. The sale, by every means, felt like it was going to happen. And then on New Year's Eve, it fell through. I think that that was kind of like, I remember driving home from the sale that didn't happen, that I had been waiting to happen for actually about five months, And I just surrendered in that moment. I just cried. I just was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? You know, like I I felt like I was doing all the right things. I felt like I was energetically doing the right things, spiritually connecting, doing my best to take the time to heal, find joy, all of it, grieve, but also believe in myself. I really felt I was doing all the right things, but this just didn't happen. And this is what I'm really talking about is when it feels like There's nothing more I can do right. So why are the doors closing? Well, I then, this was bringing us to 2022. So I was creative. I I was pretty creative with how to, you know, find some financial ways to make things work. And then another uh, two big sale possibilities showed up that also seemed highly promising. Last minute, they both fell through. And then another one, (laughs) and I'm going to tell you the reason, this is really not a woe is me um, situation. I do have multiple income streams for a reason, but this is a situation to say, you know, when you're talking about art sales, you're not talking about a 50 or a hundred dollar sale that doesn't happen. You're talking about some sales that are fairly life-changing that, um, at certain levels of income, you know, like they're probably not going to be as life-changing for me when I'm making the big vision I have. Uh, but for the current moment, they were really, uh, <laughs> really brought me, I would say, what do you say to your knees or just brought me into like total surrender of what the hell is happening with my energy and the things that are not happening, the doors that are closing. There was anger, there was sadness, there was just a sense of defeat, um, a lack of belief in myself, a black, lack of belief in myself as an artist. And really, I'm going to tell you, to truth be told, this feeling is still kind of lingering. And I'm working pretty hard. (laughs) That's kind of like a paradox, because you don't want to work hard on that, like, work hard. You want to more ease into it. But I'm, I'm working on healing through this and getting back to this belief in myself and this releasing. And I'm really in a season of surrender right now. So while these kind of big sales didn't happen, I had some time to evaluate and I thought to myself, okay, I have a lot of opportunity in these different businesses that I do and trying to go easy on myself that I hadn't really had the energy to talk much about my businesses with everything going on with the grief and with just wanting some time to breathe. And I thought, this is really crazy but I think I'm going to get a job. I think I'm going to get a regular job. And it wasn't that the clinic wasn't doing well. It wasn't that there weren't possibilities in each one of my businesses, but there was more a sense of what if I can go work a job that's completely kind of mindless. And then that's going to bring me some peace. And it might even bring me a sense of structure that I need so that my whole life isn't just on waking up every day and running my businesses and really actually give me a break. So here's what's kind of funny. I found a delivery job. You know, there are delivery jobs everywhere, like for Amazon or for Instacart or this type of thing. So I found a delivery job and I finally said, okay, I'm going to do this. And it wasn't a lot of money. And I'll tell you, it's pretty hard to go to something that is kind of more toward the minimum wage level when you know the type of money you can make as an entrepreneur, like in a day. It's pretty hard. And I'd seen it happen for myself, you know, where I'd go from zero to 10,000 in just a couple days based on a few sales in my different businesses. And here I was going like, I'm gonna do something kind of hourly. That was very, very humbling. You know, it kind of reminds me of going back to that season I talked about in graduate school when I finished art grad school and I went to work at the co-op. And there's a humbling aspect to it. But the difference here versus that time was that I've had how many years? Almost 10 years since that time. Pretty much almost 10 years. And there's been a lot of change, a lot of healing around mindset, a lot of healing around visioning and and knowing that you can make it as an entrepreneur and believing in that and knowing that what I have going for me is everything I love to do. And it's just a matter of time and staying committed and flowing with it. So I, but I went, and I got one of these jobs, and I signed up to do work for one day. I went to do that job. It was just a couple weeks ago, actually. And I'm gonna tell you, my entire energy field shifted out of this crazy rut I was feeling. Why? Because I thought, I'm gonna do this job, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna release the energy of all of my businesses having to flow. I'm going to release all of my art sales having to happen. I'm going to release um, some of the hangups I have in my different other thing, different other uh, kind of creations I'm working on, creative projects, and I'm just going to go work <laughs> like a regular person, uh, you know working a job. I did one day of that job, and all of a sudden, opportunities started pouring in, and this is the point. I'm still, like I said, I'm still a little bit recovering. I still don't think I'm fully out of the woods with this interesting season I'm in. And I'm actually still going to do that delivery job just to bring myself a sense of peace and kind of stability and grounding. And honestly, I kind of like it. It was actually really fun and gave me something to do. And a little bit of like my grieving my dog is that I actually do kind of want these things to do out of the house. And so much of my business is about being home. But having this thing to do is... um bringing me actually a lot of joy. But as soon as I I said yes to this thing that wasn't what I planned, I felt creative again. I felt open again. I I started realizing like, oh, I'm going to teach some art classes this summer when I visit California. And I had people interested in that. And this all happened really fast. Like as soon as I said yes to that job, all of a sudden opportunities started showing up. I started my podcast. I, I, made some moves in my in my kangen water business that I had been afraid to make for a while I I started getting into an expansive state again and I guess this whole story is there's lots of different little bits of lessons and growth that have happened through all of it but what I really uh want to go back to is what I said this is all about and that's that when things do not go as planned, first of all, you're allowed to just be kind of pissed off about it. You're allowed to be like, this sucks. (laughs) Like, I thought when my dog died, she'd give me this gift of this big art sale so I could just take it easy. And it just straight up didn't happen. I ran into one wall after another from that point onward. I i uh struggled to see the good in things i were i mean I always see the good in things, but it just it just was like a season where there was no flow um, and so the first thing is you are allowed to be totally upset about it and have some days where you just lie in bed or do whatever you do that just is what you do to kind of comfort yourself. The second thing is. There's always a way through. And that's kind of what I want to focus on as I wrap this up. I think that there are many stories I could share from this that I will probably share more about in future podcasts because this is the season I'm literally in right now. There's some big changes that my partner and I are going through that I'm not allowed to share about yet. (laughs) It's probably not what you think. People always think one thing when I say that. Um, But... When things fall apart, what if instead we start to say these things are falling apart in order to birth something much more beautiful? Not even, I don't know if more is the right word, but in order to, things are crumbling in order for you to get into a new, maybe even higher state of flow. And I really feel that the last two years have been a state of growth that have also involved a lot of crumbling, a lot of sudden change, a lot of things that didn't go as I wanted them to go. And the year prior to that, I think, was there to show me the power of visioning and that visioning really does work. And then the two years to follow have been about kind of challenging that and saying like, yeah, yeah, okay, you learned that visioning works. But now I'm going to say, now we're going to say, how committed are you to your dreams because we want to take you somewhere else. We want to take you on a path you were not even expecting. And there's a whole story that I I really want to share with you all, but I got to wait a little bit of time before I um, share with you that information about having a set plan and as soon as you make that set plan, they say that God laughs, right? As soon as you're have a plan, uh, make a clear plan and God will laugh or something. There's a whole quote that I can't remember. It's pretty simple, but it's very true. This happened just a couple of weeks ago. I said, okay, this is absolutely what I'm going to do to bring some stability into my life and this type of thing. The next day, everything crumbled and the whole plan got just shattered. And I had to just sit there and laugh. So I'm kind of at a point right now where I'm laughing at these shattering plans. And I'm like, truly, truly surrendering and saying, okay, you know, to my inner guidance, I often say God, people say the universe, but okay, God, this is where I'm at. My arms are open. I'm going to show up, I'm going to do the work, I'm going to do this delivery job, I'm going to keep painting, I'm going to keep doing my businesses, you know, in a way that I feel passionate about them. And I'm going to rest and have fun and enjoy my life. And I'm just going to watch you do your work while I, while I keep showing up and trust, trusting the journey and having faith in this path it's been actually a different way to look at this whole season where things have kind of not gone as I wanted them to. It's actually been so beautiful because there's a feeling when you truly surrender, and it's very similar to when I left my medical program, my first medical program. There's a feeling when you truly surrender where you actually feel more open to the whole world than you've ever felt before. And that feeling only comes through having great faith in your higher power, in, or in the higher powers that be in yourself. To have belief in yourself at a time when nothing is quote unquote going right is one of the most power th- powerful things we can choose to do. And I wanna just, I, I hope that this story clicked for you in different ways around those topics. I hope that it reminded you that Nothing is ever happening wrong in the wrong way. So things are happening because if something doesn't go right, you're going to look back and you're going to say, that's exactly why that happened. This is why it looked like a failure, but it was actually the greatest gift. This is why everything crumbled that I thought was my stability because it needed to crumble to birth into something more beautiful. And this is the beauty, I'm going to say, of jumping into your dreams, building your dream life. It's truly the beauty. The beauty of absolutely surrendering to your vision and your, or to putting your vision out there. This is it. And then allowing that co creation to happen. And sometimes the co creative process of your visioning is where everything seems to be crumbling, but in fact, it's paving the way for. Something you could not have even imagined that's going to be even better. I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, Where I stand today, or I should say where I sit today, is actually in my partner's office in our house. I'm looking out at this beautiful sun shining down on the mountains out in the country. I'm watching the horses. And I'm actually in a place today where the reason I could tell this story is because I do feel very, very trusting of the path right now. There's been some big changes, but amidst the big changes, there's been a deep, deep sense of faith and change can be uncomfortable, but change brings about opportunity for growth and expansion. And I I guess I, I want to also say like, when the things are feeling tough, even amidst it. And I'll tell you, it's kind of an every other day thing for me here right now or an every other hour thing as I go through some of these um, shifts in my life that there's still going to be the times where you're just not super into feeling good. And that's just okay. And every time I allow myself and I'll just be super real. Yesterday, I kind of had a day in bed. I came back from travels. I came back from being in California with my family. And I did a lot of office work in bed, but I also watched some TV and just... Let myself be a little bit down. And I woke up today with total energy to tackle projects and, and live into these visions I've been having and make some changes in my, um, some of the things I wanted to do with work. So let yourself have your process when you're going through life not happening how you expect it to. And if you can, just keep the mantra going that says, how can it get even better? And saying, how can it get even better is going to help you from going, ooh, these things are happening that are not so good. And it's going to help you to say, oh, how funny, it looks like things are going bad. Well, actually, how can it get even better? With that, I'm going to leave you with that thought. Thank you for tuning in to this more lengthy episode of sharing my whole story, feeling in the bits and pieces of who I am and where I came from and who this person is talking to you on the other end. A couple things are, that I do have going right now is um, I have some a few face reading, uh, one-on-one session face reading openings for the month of April, just a few, and then I will not be doing face readings again until the month of June, so if you're interested in booking a face reading with me, you can do that a couple slots in April and then more openings in the month of June, and you can just email me with the information in the description of this podcast. I'm also going to be teaching art classes in the month of June in California to little kids and also adults. So if you're interested in one-on-one or group classes while I'm visiting my family in the month of June, I will be there teaching some classes. It's something I love doing and it's just one of the joys of my life to help people step into their creative place. And if you are in Santa Fe, I also am doing cranial sacral sessions in person and I've got uh, some openings in the month of April as well. And last but not least, I'm running a big art sale this month. So I'm going to be taking a bit of a hiatus actually from some art for a little bit this summer. I'm teaching art, but taking a bit of a hiatus from creating art this summer. So if this is a time that you've been wondering about a personalized painting commission or wondering about um, any of the available work that I have I'm doing a bit of a spring cleaning and paving way for new it kind of goes with this concept of crumbling that I've been talking about paving way for some new energy so I'm very happy to be um getting the art moving and just sold a couple pieces in LA to a wonderful patron and I'm uh happy to chat with you about what I have available in my studio again thank you all for tuning in so much fun to just ramble away here and uh I wish you all the most beautiful day from the land of enchantment, New Mexico. Thank you for tuning in to Heart Show. If you liked this episode, please let me know, share with a friend, and leave a five-star rating if you so choose. To learn about further ways of working with me in art, wellness, or business, you're invited to click on my website or contact me with the info in the description. Wishing you a beautiful, creative, inspired day lived straight from the heart.